When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by the title, today will be another first impressions episode, and it will be of Alchemy of Souls. And I have to say, right off the bat, I was it's I was just totally ecstatic to watch this drama. So excited for it. I mean, I was looking forward to it the minute I knew that it was one of the Hong sisters um, dramas. And if you know anything about the Hong sisters, they are some of the most famous writers in K-drama land. And with good reason, their dramas to me are known to be some of the most um I want to say addictive dramas you can watch. Like they get you in that first episode, they suck you in and then you don't know what to do, but you're just like along for the ride. And it's a skill, obviously, that they're able to do this with so many of their dramas. And I have to say that I usually gravitate to anything that they've ever put out. So to be honest, I've actually watched all of their dramas they've ever put out. And I would say maybe 9% of them I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, they have some odies but goodies like Sassy Girl Chung Kong, My Girl, um, Hong Gil Dong, oh, You're Beautiful, oh, one from 2009. Uh, they also have um, Hotel de Luna, which was a, a favorite when it was out for me. Uh, My Girlfriend is a Gumio was another good one that I enjoyed. So yes, they just have so many good just staple K dramas, you know, if you if you haven't you've most likely watched at least one of their dramas. Um and so to me, anything they put out I usually run to watch. And so I'm quite um excited for Alchemy of Souls and I I'm seeing already that it looks pretty darn promising and it definitely has their signature all over it where it gets you and grabs you in that very first episode and sets up these characters that you are that are you know, um, adorable and feisty and um, and interesting and cool. Like it's just they have a way of creating just such interesting characters, and they put them in these worlds that are just like so well built and fascinating. And this, I think, is already the case with Alchemy of Souls. Um, but I will say before I get into any more of my kind of final my first impressions of this drama, I definitely would like to do kind of a first episode recap um, because the first episode really does set up the story and the world that is Alchemy of Souls, which is basically this historical fantasy. Um, it's it's a which again, I think the Hong sisters don't do very well. This fantasy, this um I do fantasy very well, but they also do romance very well. And then this historical kind of setting as well. It's just 
it's a perfect mix of Hong sister um, genius. So again, I'm quite excited for this one, but I will set up the story with episode one because I do think it's not going to make sense anything I say about this drama if I if you don't kind of know what's going on in there. So I'm going to go into the first episode, do a thorough kind of little recap so that I can set the scene and the story up that we start in episode two. Um, I won't go that deep into episode two as far as a recap, but I definitely wanted to do the first episode because it sets up the story beautifully. So let me do that and then we'll finish up with my first impressions. Okay. Um, So let's go with the opening sequence. So in episode one, we, um, it opens with a woman walking through a village late at night. And again, this is a historical setting. She's walking through the village late at night during a storm and she seems to be kind of sneaking around and kind of like rushing and hiding and looking for something. And then when she finds a child and her mother on the, in the on the streets, she immediately um, comes up to them and offers them food and begins to feed, you know, feed them. And then she takes them in um, to to shelter them while they're eating and enjoying the food that she has given these, you know, this mother and child that she found off the streets. You know, they're just enjoying their food. We see the woman um, letting in someone into the space while locking the doors so that there could be no exit. And we don't really know who this thing is that she lets in but it's very creature like there's you know very scary evil looking eyes and the minute the woman leaves and locks them in and she you know lets that creature like being in she leaves and that creature immediately goes to attack the mother and child um and just when the creature goes after the mother and child someone else appears just kind of poof, out of thin air, this man arrives and he starts to fight this creature demon-like being. Um, And this man is fighting and he's using some kind of powers. And it's like he summons some water in the palm of his hand at some point. And then he uses that water to lock this, this creature in place. And when he does that, the woman who we originally met runs rushing back into the room and she's yelling at this man who's wielding the power to keep that demon-like creature tied up. And she's kind of yelling at him to let her son go. So we find out that that is her son, this creature being, this demon-like being. Um, And she is telling the man that she needs, her son needs more human soul energy to change back to normal. And the man is, you know, lets her know immediately that is not going to happen. It's too late that he's already gone wild and that he now must collect his soul. And she's begging the man to say, please don't do this. Help my son. Give him another body for him to go to. And so this, again, is setting up the story as far as like this is an example of kind of what we're going to learn about throughout the rest of episode one. But it's this process of this this, you know, this creature being, being able to go into another body. And so he's, she's asking the man, um, this kind of sorcerer like man to do so, do this. And she's, he's like, nope, it's too late. So she goes over to her son and she's crying and she's holding on to him and she's looking at him and, you know, and as her son looks into her eyes, he then begins to take her soul from her body and he, you know, kills his mother, takes her soul from his body and starts to kind of, you know, react as far as like getting stronger again. And so the man who was wielding the power, he immediately throws his sword at them, at sword at the creature like being and kills him. So 
we find out after this whole sequence from this man whose name is Jung Gong. I think this name is Jung Gong. And um, Jung Gong is played by, I want to get his name, by Ju Sung Wook, um, the actor Ju Sung Wook. And so we find out from him that these creature demon-like beings are actually called soul shifters and they can run wild um, at any point and that makes them really dangerous, which was example that we met in the beginning of the drama, the very first scene of the drama. And that happens when, you know, them going wild happens when there is a crack that forms when the bodies crash with the souls that they are carrying, which causes them to lose soul energy or or something of the sort. Um, And this apparently is when we enter the story um, as far as this becoming And when we enter in the story, we find out that this is becoming more and more of a problem. Um, But he, this, this Jung Gong character is usually handling these types of cases. He is one of the people that are enabling this to happen as well, which is a forbidden um, sorcery. But he is someone who unfortunately practices this forbidding sorcery, which he should not be (laughs) practicing. So he has to then take care of these cases when they go wild, when these soul shifters kind of run wild. Um, And, but then while he's, you know, but he's there talking to someone else. um, And this is another um, sorcerer-like being like himself. And his name is Jin Mu. And he's talking to Jin Mu and Jin Mu's like, yeah, you know, he knows the situation and he is there to inform him that Jung Gong has been requested to go to the palace to speak with the king uh, because the king is after um, a spell that Jung Gong can cast. So the next scene, we meet um, the king who is, um, we find out, sick and dying. And he, you know, is meeting with Jung Gong at this point. And he says that he needs his help. He lets him know that I know that I cannot ask <laughs> for you to help me live longer, but he's letting the man know, you know, may, I'm sorry, the king is letting Jung Gong know that it's really sad to him because he doesn't have an heir. So he is mentioning to Jung Gong that he believes that he would be able to do something about that if he just so happened, you know, to live in a younger, healthier body, perhaps. <laughs> and so that's when we realize what the king is requesting of Zhang Gong. Um, he is asking Zhang Gong to perform the switching of the souls, which is the which is alchemy of souls. So this practice where he helps people switch into different bodies. And he's asking this of Zhang Gong, um, but it's again, forbidden sorcery. And um, Zhang Gong reminds the king that if the soul clashes with the body, then it creates an evil spirit. So he's like, this is just, this is a lot of, there's a lot of variables. I don't really know if I want to do that for the king. You know, he's like, that seems a little unstable. And so he's refusing the king um, to do that. He's like, I don't think we should do that. But the king's like, I mean, I would only need a body, he says, like for seven days. Like, I just need to switch into a body for seven days. And he explains that, you know, the man really shouldn't, you know, if he's going to be doing this, he's been wasting his time switching souls into dead bodies. We find out that's really how he's been doing this, the sor- sorcery. He's been switching 
the souls and to bodies that are already dead. But the king is asking him to do this to a, you know, a healthy life body. And he tells him that um, it's an order. Like, I'm ordering you to perform alchemy of souls for me. And then the next thing you know, and you know what he asked? He asked specifically to switch into Jung Kong's body. He's like, he's the only one that probably he would trust for that. So the switch would be from King's soul into Jung Kong's body and then Jung Kong's soul into the King's body, a sickly body for only seven days. That is the plan. And so we then get to watch the ceremony of this kind of alchemy of souls. And when I tell you it was frightening, it was frightening. I'm going to be honest. It looked like they were in hell <laughs> at one point. And to me, I was like, that actually makes sense since it's forbidden sorcery. You're like swapping souls into bodies and stuff like that. Yeah, this sounds very hellish. I'm going to be honest. Um, so the scene, the way that it's shot, the visual is terrifying. <laughs> this whole alchemy of souls ceremony. Um, but while they're switching, and, and this is the other thing that was kind of scary, while they're switching, they're you know their bodies are sold into these different each other's bodies the king is also like smirking over at Gong, and it's like okay this is suspicious like what is his real plan and then we find out his real plan because the next we switch has been made and the king is walking around in Gong's body and the minute he it's in Gong's body he goes directly to some woman I wonder who it is, right? And the king's body awakes, you know, with John Gong's soul in it. And then he sees a note left by the king right in front of him. And the note says that, you know, the king is like, he's going to meet with Doha. And if she gets pregnant with a child, just know it's his child. So if you can imagine, you're like, who is the woman that the king is rushing off to, to have a child with? It is Doha, which we find out is actually Jung Gong's wife. Yep. 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 He, in his body, goes straight to his wife, sleeps with her. We see her, him, you know, them doing the do. And then, of course, Jung Gong is immediately freaking out because he's like, that can't happen. That absolutely can't happen. And as he, like, rushes to, you know, to, to go out, he ends up collapsing and he starts coughing up blood because again, he's in this very sickly body. And so that is the opening of Alchemy of Souls. Well, you know, we, we get to see what that looks like. The next thing that we get to learn about in episode one are about the mages. Um, and the mages are basically, I would say, like sorcerers in a sense. Um, and they're humans who can harness like the most powerful energy energy in the world. And this is that story. We're going to be following these different mages. And this story actually starts 20 years later. So after the Jong Gong body switching with the king and him impregnating Jong Gong's wife. So 20 years have passed. And at this point, we meet a mage assassin and her name is Naksu. 
And she explains while she's standing on the, like this, it's like this glacier setting, like she's standing on this sheet of ice and then snow. And there's this, you know, she's standing in front of all these other men and she's just by herself. And she explains to them after they ask her, like, are you Naksu, you know, the mage assassin? And she's like, yep, I sure am. And she explains that her name means wherever she goes, heads fall to the ground. And I was like, yes, Naksu. Just so good. Um, and Naksu is actually um, played by, uh, what's her name? Ko Yu Jung as the actress who's playing Naksu. So she's standing just gloriously, like I said, in her, like, it's beautiful. I'm going to be honest, her standing there, the way the whole scene is set up, it is gorgeous to look out. But then, you know, a fight scene ensues with her against these other mages who are basically who, you know, she's an assassin to kill those type of people. Um, but that's who are basically trying to capture her and take her down. But then, you know, the fight scene that ensues is like the one of the slowest fight scenes I've ever watched in the K-drama. But I was like kind of trying not to laugh, but it was so gorgeous to look at at the same time. And it was definitely giving CGI Chinese fantasy historical drama vibes, this whole sequence of them fighting. But you know, either way, it was really gorgeous to look at. And then while they're fighting, she's fighting against the different mages and they're like, you know, they're, they're, she's holding her own, but then she eventually gets hurt. And the minute she gets hurt, she disappears and she starts to go on the run into the village. And so she's like running through the village and they're running after her, trying to find her. Like, we got to kill her. We got to find her and kill her. And she's like hidden away in one of the, in the in a, you know, in the village. And she's like talking to herself. And she's like, I cannot die like this. She keeps telling her, like, I cannot go out like this. So she gets up and she starts to look and she starts to go through the village. And she's like frantically looking around, frantically looking around. And we realize what she's looking around for she's looking for a body and so we see her run into um a blind girl's body like she like just knocks into her and she like it's going to she looks at her because she only can see the back of her but then when she notices that she's blind she throws her away and pushes her to a side and then she goes looking for another woman she finds another woman and then she performs you know the alchemy of souls to switch her body Next thing we know, the mages, the sorcerers, they end up finding her body. They are searching through the village and then they find their body. And when they find her body, they realize though very quickly that she may have failed to make the switch into a new body because you would see this kind of blue mark on the old body that shows her soul has left the body, but then you would find on the other body that you entered into another blue mark, a little, another blue mark on there. But the girl that they find in the kind of same vicinity of Naksu's body, she doesn't have a blue mark on her. So they're like, oh, so maybe she didn't successfully get into a new body. And then that's when we flash into another character. We meet um, a character named Yul, and he's played by Min Hyung, who is from, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on Min Young, Yub, newest, newest or new east. So Min Young character name is Yul, and we follow him entering into a portal in the forest. And again, this is thing by saint, so I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what we see. So basically, the Min Young character, um, Yul, he has this like little, you know, little 
I don't even know what you want to call it because this little thing that when he puts it up to a, a little thing on the tree, it opens a portal and then he enters into this in this space. And when he arrives to this secret place where all these, it looks like all the mages, the sorcerers are practice their, spell, their spells, that's where we find um, the Noxu's body. And they are, and it's being kind of inspected in a way by a couple people. A couple people that are expecting it is Yul. He is there, but also we have um, a character named Ho Yum, played by Yi Do Kyung, and we also have Park Jin, played by Yu Jun Sung. So these are the three people who are standing around, and they're actually kind of you know, looking at the Naksu body and they're keeping it. So, cause they, again, they don't know where her soul has gone, but it's not in the body that she's left behind. So there's, you know, talking about, you know, what's going on and looking at like, maybe, maybe she did this, maybe she did that. But either way, they are pretty sure she failed to do the actual switching of the souls um, into, you know, switching her soul into another body. They also, um, Discuss that it's been over 20 years since there was another, like a little soul shifter situation. And then the last one went really wild and killed so many people. So this is kind of like, oh my goodness, it's happening again. Another soul shifters on our, on the loose kind of thing. So that's one of the things that they mention in this scene. We also find out that they are at Songrim. That's the name of this place where the mages live and learn. Um, and the leader of this um, is a mage named um, Pak Jin. He is like the leader who's kind of like the head of the the, play, the, the Songrim right now. And he's also the one that wounded Naksu and, you know, ends up revealing that she's a soul shifter because of what she just did. So he is our kind of leader. But when he's out and he's like, you know, he leaves the room and the space where they're discussing Naksu's body, he runs into um, another young mage who is named uh, Pak Deg, Deg, oh, sorry, Dang Gu, played by Yu In Su, who's um, our, he's our horrible villain from... Um, all of us are dead. So when I saw him in this, I was like, please don't be evil. Please don't be evil. And so far he seems pretty okay. So I'm, I'm okay with him. But his name again is Dong Gu. And he runs into um, our kind of leader mage, Pak Jin. And he's, you know, really excitable, you know, excited. And he's like bouncing around and he's like, oh my goodness. You know, he's he's like, oh my, he, he's like, I heard about the news about Naksu being a soul shifter. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? You know, and, and then of course everyone's like, why do people already know that? No one should know that. He's like, it's already getting around town, you know? So he's like letting them know kind of like what's going on. And he, they're like, wait a second, why are you out and about always hanging out at these different places? Shouldn't you be training? And he's like, oh, um, yeah, I should be. <laughs> but then while they're talking to him, they also mention Jung Gong's son. And remember, we know Jung Gong's the, the, the mage, from the beginning of the episode who switched his soul with the king. However, the son that was birthed from his wife was actually not conceived by him, but by the king in his body. So, but we find out about his son and this kind of conversation. And we find out that he has been bouncing around from place to place, trying to 
to complete some kind of training um, because like all the other mages, he's technically a mage, you know, but he isn't for some reason allowed to complete tra- or find any training. Like there, it just seems like he just, he can't find anyone who will actually train him. Um, and so then we meet him and he's actually in the place of training with the monk. Um, and he's telling the monk like, Hey, I don't want to train with you anymore because you're not helping me. All you do is let me tell me to read books. And like, I need to actually start training. Like, why can't you help me? But the monk tells him, Hey, just so you know, no one's, you're never going to find anyone who's going to train you because your father basically, you know, who your father is. Your father told us and put a curse on you that you are not allowed to train. So no one's ever going to train you. And so he, of course, is upset by this. And he's like, you know what? Screw everybody. Screw all of you guys. I'm going to find my own master to train me. I'm going to find someone who's the stronger than Eddie. And you guys are going to regret never training me. And da, 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 da. So that's the um, Jung Gong's son. And his name is Uk. And he's played by E.J. Wook. So we have Jung Uk played by E.J. Wook. And he is adorable in this drama. So freaking adorable. I just have to say that. Um, But yeah, so he makes a stance right in there. He's like, I'm going to find someone to be my master and train me. You guys, screw you all. Um, But we find out later kind of why he isn't allowed to train and why no one will train him. Um, So next the next scene we go from there, we go to meet the blind girl again. And remember, the blind girl was thrown to the side by Naksu when she was originally looking for a body to switch into because obviously she was blind. She probably didn't want a body who was blind. Um, and that blind girl was actually, um, the character's name is Mu Dok, and she's played by Jung Soo Min. Um, and so we come back and we find this blind girl and she's like on a little boat and she's being prepared to um, be taken. She's just been sold by her family to a, you know, like a brothel. And so she's being taken there. And we find out that the girl, the blind girl in this boat actually appears to be Naksu in her body because she starts to kind of like talk to herself and she's like, you know, I can't, I thought this girl was blind. And so she, you know, realizes that she can see. She's like, you know, they have something tied around her eyes because, you know, the signal that she is blind. And so she is like, I thought she was blind, but why can't I see? And so she's like looking around and she's like, okay, I need to get out of here, you know, because this is Naksu. This is not Mudok or so we think, right? So she's like, okay, I got to get out of here. So she also realizes by just looking at um, and just knowing that the body that she switched into, she's like, there's also no blue mark on the Mudok body that signifies that she had been switched into this body. And usually there should be a blue mark to signify that her soul um, had left and, you know, there's a swap had been made. But there's no blue mark apparently on Mudok's body. So Naksu is like, okay. Well, that's weird. But again, I got to I got to get off this boat. I don't want to I don't know where they're taking her, but I don't want to go there. So she appears, you know, she immediately is like, how do I escape this boat? She jumps up to like, you know, basically hold on to a bridge and climb up this bridge so that she can get out of this boat. However, she finds out very quickly that she doesn't have any strength in that body. She's like, oh, my goodness, I cannot pull myself up. And in the process, she ends up feeling really weak and like falling, needing the men who are like 
you know, who were actually on the boat with her to like help her get back on the boat. And she's like, oh, okay, I don't have my strength right now. So I got to figure something else out. Because <laughs> she, again, she's like this, you know, really cool assassin girl who now has this, you know, little weak body that she's in. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so weak. Where's my strength? But then they, she ends up just having to be leaving with the men to go to the brothel. And she's like, okay, I'll just pretend and just stay under the, you know, just stay under the wire for a little bit longer than as this mudok girl. So she ends up getting to the brothel. And when she gets there, she immediately meets one of the, um, one of the girls there and the girl comes up to her immediately. It's like, oh, hey, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Okay, I'm going to get you all ready and changed and get you ready to do what you're supposed to do. And while she's, you know, getting her ready to do all that, she starts to tell Naksu, I'm oh, sorry, Mudok, but also Naksu about um, the people that come to, um, you know, their little brothel and she's talking about the the most beautiful people in their you know in their town which is called Deho and she's like you know have you know about the four seasons and these four seasons are what they call the four most beautiful people in this in Deho and the first one that they um they, they so she starts to list off the four seasons and the one of the four seasons is a young girl and her name is and she's part of the Jin family and she rep- is representative of spring, I believe. Yeah, spring. Um, and then we also have um, Pak De Gu. I'm sorry, Dang Gu. And he's representative of summer. And we met him already. And then we also have Yul, So Yul, who is representative of fall. And then we have Jong Uk, who is representative of winter. And they are from the, the foremost important mage families or you know sorcerer families they're the foremost um sons and daughters of these families and so when naksu is hearing these names and these you know the people she we get to see that these are all families that she has a personal vendetta against it's a flashback to when she was younger and seeing her whole family and village die with those four um heads of those four fam the, the four heads of those families all being present when all of her family in her town was murdered. So she has a personal vendetta against all of them. So when we hear that, when she's hearing that, like, okay, these are the children of these people. Perfect. I'm going to make sure I kill all of them. <laughs> she she makes up her mind like, that's perfect. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill all of them and then go about my way. So that is the setup really right there for this whole drama. It's basically following Naksu and her pursuing kind of um, getting back at these mage families, which again, she is, you know, she has a personal vendetta against them and she's an assassin. She's basically a mage assassin. That's what she grew up to be. (laughs) So that is the setup of this drama. Um, But we do find out in this first episode too, that Naksu is connected to Yul, um, who is one of the sons of one of the mage families. They knew each other when they were younger and she, they seemed to be like in a kind of little romance. She seemed to really have liked him when they were younger, but obviously now she doesn't feel that kind of way um, or so we think. Um, but then we also, while she's at the brothel, she also ends up meeting our Jong Uk character. And in meeting the Uk character, he catches on pretty quickly that there's something suspicious about the Mudok character, besides the fact that she's pretending to be blind, that quickly gets. <laughs> 
thrown into the into the water. They find out very quickly she's not blind. Um, she cannot pretend very well that she's not blind. But he also finds out something by looking into her eyes in the first um, episode. And he realizes that he can see her blue mark, like the blue mark that they see when your soul leaves your body and enters another one. He can see that it has actually formed in her eyes. And so he sees that the minute he meets her and he doesn't tell her that immediately, he just kind of like takes her, makes her his servant. And so she's like working side by side with him. And he is doing this because he wants to keep her close because he believes that he knows is Noxtu. And we find out in the very first episode that, yes, that is Noxu. And he wants Noxu um, to be in his kind of vicinity because he would want her to be his his master, someone to train him to, you know, be, you know, some kind of training um, because he, again, has none. And we find out in the second episode why he does not have any training as a maid. Um, and it's because basically his father has cursed him and allowed him not to have access to learning and blocked like his energy so that he doesn't have that open up so that he can perform spells and whatnot. He did that on purpose because obviously that's not his real son. And so out of spite, he has done that. Um, and he's grown up being known as weak and you know no one wants to train him and da 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 so he has to deal with that unfortunately and that's where his little kind of complex comes from but he already thought in his mind that if I can get this soul shifter slash assassin this powerful Noxu to be my master then I should be good and sure enough he finds her and he propositions that so that's basically what happens in episode one and two because um, we get to see in episode two him and Noxu trying to figure things out as far as her becoming his master. Um, But anywho, that is basically the setup of Alchemy of Souls. And as you can tell, there is a lot going on. There's mages or sorcerers. There's, you know, um, assassins. There's soul switching, soul shifters switching in between bodies. You know, there's kings sleeping with somebody else's wife to have a child with her. You know, just a lot just a lot in the first few episodes. However, they did a wonderful job setting it up. There was no point of confusion for me. I thought there was going to be because I've watched some other, um, you know, (laughs) fantasy historical dramas that the setup was convoluted from the beginning and it didn't even make sense as it continued on um, and I had to drop it. But this definitely, I can see they have done a great job of kind of spelling everything out. Everything makes sense. Everything links together without any difficulties. I understood what was going on immediately after watching the first episode and then going into the second episode, of course, I was like, okay, this is perfect. It all makes sense to me. So I definitely think If you're intimidated by such a kind of convoluted story, don't be. I may not have done it justice with this recap and made it more convoluted than it sounded, but but it isn't that complicated at all. Um, It's actually, like I said, really funny how they set it up as well in the the mood dog character, you know, who is Jung So Min, but whose body that, you know, whose soul that is in the mood dog is... um, Naksu, she is such a, a cool character because she's very, I mean, they're all young. So it's like generational. So we have like these head mages and then we have like their children. And so she's the same age as the children of the mages, right? 
who are her kind of, like her enemies. And Naksu is again this young skilled assassin. And the thing about her is that she grew up that way when she was a very young child after she lost her family and the whatever happened in the past that we don't really know yet. Um, she was super young and they immediately, the assassins immediately took her in. So all she's known is this lifestyle of being an assassin. So she's very kind of um, stiff a lot of the first episode, very kind of stiff when she's in this Mudo character. She has a hard time of like, not telling people about themselves. Like she's like, I don't bow down to nobody. Like she has a really hard time doing that. But obviously she realizes like, I have to pretend I got to make my way. I don't have my strength like I did. So I need to kind of work back up to that. I need to find my sword, you know, like, so she basically is putting, you know, reluctantly putting her head down to people so that she can kind of make moves. But it's so fun to watch that because you can tell that's just so not her personality and she's struggling so bad. Like one of the things that the Jong-uk character points out to her multiple times, especially in episode two, is this idea of like, stop glaring at people. Like you're going to get caught. Like you're glaring at people. People can tell that you're not some servant girl, the way that you keep glaring at everyone. And so she's like, okay, you know, like, thanks for but like she has to keep remind he has to keep reminding her like you know put your eyes down <laughs> so like things like that are just super funny and super cute and set up very early on in the first episodes um and i definitely just think the chemistry immediately right off the bat between our naksu slash muto character and jong-uk is just again such a hong sisters like signature they set up their romance like from day one and you cannot unsee it it's like oh my gosh it's there so i'm already absolutely enamored with those those two and their interactions they're so cute together they're so funny already um while also you can tell they're going to be working together and so i it's just beautiful beautiful but i also kind of like that the mudok not mudok but the naksu character has this connection with the yul character who's one of the other um young mages and she kind of has that history but she obviously doesn't look at him in that way to some degree anymore. It looks like there may be something that, I don't know. I, I You know, I like my little triangles sometimes. So I, I'm a little intrigued to see what they'll do with that. But obviously the Jong-uk and the Mudo character already are just like, perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect. And it's only two episodes in. Perfect. Um, and then there's like, again, all these other mages and other kind of moving pieces and factors in this, in this story. And again, they all have their place and they all make sense. And so I am already completely sold on this drama. I don't think there's anything else they could really do. Um, to like make me not be invested, but Right now, I'm super invested. I have to say that I I don't even think there was a point that I was nervous. I think even in the opening sequence, when we find about these kind of soul shifters and, and, and I told you about the kind of slow motion fight scene and all of that, even in the midst of that, I still was like, I'm loving it. I'm still loving it. Um, so it's really hard for me not to see myself enjoying this drama right now. And I think the setup that they've already presented with this Naksu um, and Jong-uk character, like joining forces for, you know, her to basically train him and then for her to get close enough so that she can, you know, kill the people that she wants to kill. You know, I think it all makes sense and all works. Obviously, I'm not sure if... Yul, ha- I'm sorry, not Yul, 
Uk, Jungkook has kind of considered that. Like, you do realize, like, you're keeping her around the people that she really wants to assassinate, you know? So I'm not sure how that's going to go and, like, if he's even realized that. But at the same time, I think he's just is looking out for himself at the end of the day. He really wants to, like, you know, practice spells and actually do more than what he's been given the chance to do. And so it does make sense that he's like, I finally found my my person. I finally found the one that's going to help me. I'm going to take advantage of it. I don't care what else that means. And so I kind of like that, too, that he's kind of like throwing himself at Naksu, despite her being like, you technically I'm here to kill you all. You know? So I love it. 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 Um, but yeah, I already think they're doing a great job as far as the chemistry and their connection. And I just like the setup as a, as a whole. I don't know much more at additional to this story to make this, you know, well, you know, I would hope they don't do too much to the story because it's already a lot. They have a lot on their plate. There's not much more they need to add, I think, to to play let the story play out. So I hope that they are keeping it to where they have left us as far as like the setup of her and him basically joining forces. Um to get what they want <laughs> out of one another. And then in the process, of course, falling in love. And like, that's all I need. I think we can get that. But I do feel like there's a bigger story between the mages and then the other group of assassins. And I think that's going to kind of blow up at some point. So I also kind of like that back kind of overarching story because that is, I think, the bigger story there. And so I'm also going to enjoy that. But I'm also interested to hear about the Zhang Gong character because he's actually not present after the the opening sequence or, you know, the opening um, setup from his character when he, you know, switches bodies with the king. We only see him one more time. And that's when he puts like the little kind of curse on his son or quote unquote his son. Um, and then we don't really, and then apparently his story is that he's been traveling like a, you know, roaming, just roaming ever since. So they don't know where he is, but you know, they're like, he's still alive, obviously, but they don't know where he is. So I'm wondering what they're going to do as far as bringing his character back in. Um, but other than that, overall, my first impressions is that this is going to be a good one. The romance is going to be there. The chemistry is already there. The fantasy element is working for me. You know, I'm not the biggest fantasy lover, but when it's Hong sisters with shrouded with nothing but romance um, and some beautiful cinematography and some beautiful faces, I can't really be mad at it. I can't really be mad at it. And I'm not mad at Alchemy of Souls right now at all. I'm actually quite excited to watch the next episodes. So I'm waiting for I'm just I'm going to be waiting on my edge of seat, I think, every week for this, which I think, again, it's very signature of the Hong sisters and their their dramas. Like they, they get you, they hook you and you're like, okay, next episode. Okay, next episode. Okay, next episode. And that's how I feel right now. I'm like, okay, what's the next episode? What are we going to do now? Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm still excited for this drama. I think this is going to be a fun one. I think I'm going to really get a kick out of it. Um, and I'm so glad it's here. I'm so glad that a Hong sisters drama is here. They haven't been around since I think 2019. So I, again, I, I'm, it's due time. It was due time. So my first impressions is that I am here for Alchemy of Souls. I am excited for it. Everyone's giving me what I need them to give right now. And let's see how this plays out. 
let's see how this plays out. But yep, that's my first impression is I'm going to cut it here because it can go on if I wanted to, but I'm not um, because I think there's some more stuff that happened in episode two that you would want to just watch and you wouldn't want me to tell you about. But definitely so far off to a very, very strong start for me. But um, but yeah, that's it. That's all that I have for this episode. So thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's all.